Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman. Really excited for today's episode with the Life in the Front Office podcast partnership with University of South Florida, Vinick Sport and Entertainment Management Program, presenting the USF Sports Biz Building the Next Gen Series. Really excited to have Michelle Harrell on, and uh, I would be uh, missing missing the mark if I didn't mention she was a doctor, so uh, PhD, Michelle Harrell. Um, but really excited to have you on to uh, talk about your role as, as a director of the program, and uh, we'll dive into passion and purpose today, uh, a, a pretty common topic within the self-development, professional development uh, world, but I think you'll have a good spin on it, and um, you know, let's get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Jake, thank you so much for having me. Super pumped. Um, really excited about this entire series um, and happy to be collaborating with you on this. Yeah. So give us a quick, like, you know, 30 second elevator pitch on how you got to where you are now and what your passion is behind what you do. Okay. I'm going to take 45 seconds to a minute. <laughs> 30 is a bit short. Um, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday and I thought, you know, where do you begin? And so let's start. I'm six months old <laughs> and I'm swimming in the backyard. Um, but the reality is, is I started swimming at the age of six months. Um, there's photos of me with my dad in the backyard. Um, and that's really, you know, where my passion for sports started, where my passion for swimming began. And um, that led me through to being an All-American swimmer in college, to becoming a coach, a collegiate swimming coach, um, which led me to this idea of, yeah, I loved being a collegiate coach. Um, I was a head women's and men's swimming coach, one of three in the country for both men's and women's. And I thought, you know what? I don't really enjoy training athletes. I enjoy teaching them. Um, and I took a big pivot um, at about age 26, 27. So you know what? I'm, this isn't the career path for me. What have I figured out that I enjoy doing? Um, and I enjoy teaching people um, and helping people. And so I said, you know what? I'd like to be a professor. Um, and so, all right, that means I have to go get a PhD. And I went and said, all right, well, I'll go get a PhD. Um, it was a little harder than I thought it was going to be, um, but it was well worth it. And so ended up getting a PhD. Um, and here I am today, the director of the program at USF. You mentioned PhD. So obviously you took a little bit of extra time to go back to school. And this is a common question amongst a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate that I was able to graduate early from my undergrad in, in three years and just go straight to grad school because who the heck's ready to go into the, the real world at, at 21 years old. Um, so. I went to, to the Ohio University program where um, I had the opportunity to play one more year. And, and that was kind of my, that was my purpose of going to grad school is, hey, let me see how long, how long I can play baseball for. Um, and then uh, the, you know, the light switch flipped and I was like, okay, I'm also here for grad school. You know, I'm, I'm here for the, you know, one of, you know, the, the program and, and my education. And then fast forward, you know, X amount of years. Um, and you have a lot of people that are kind of thinking, well, do I go to grad school? Is it worth it? You know, what are the, what's the experience that I'm going to get? And it's not only those who are considering, you know, out of undergrad, it's 
those who are considering at 30 years old, they're in the industry and they decide they want to do something different or, you know, they're in a totally different industry and they want to make a career change, right? Kind of, can you give us a, a little bit of your sense of, of direction in terms of why you should go back to get your education and, and really what the purpose is? And it's not just an escape from the real world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so two points, I think it depends on who you are and what you want to do, right? I don't think it's as simple as everyone should get a master's or everyone shouldn't get a master's. It really depends on self-reflection and what fits for you and your experiences. So we have a lot of students, we have a huge diversity in terms of why people come back. Um, I think right now is a great opportunity if you want to further your education. Um, I know lots of friends in the professional leagues that are, you know, middle executives that in order to really be at the CEO, CEO, CFO, they really need a master's. Um, and if, so if you're ever considering to be at the top echelon, if you look at the resumes of most of the CEOs, CFOs at sports teams, athletic departments, athletic directors, they have a master's degree. Um, and while it's a credential you, you should obtain, it's also a great opportunity to learn more about the business aspects of the sport and entertainment industry. Um, and if you find a program that really embraces that experiential learning, hands-on learning, that's the key. And I think for one last point, some students don't know what they wanna do and that's okay. It's okay not to know. Um, so it's good if you find a program where they provide a lot of opportunity for you to see the breadth of the industry. So you can figure it out. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I, I think back to my experience in grad school, I was so headstrong on, you know, I was going to be a GM, I was going to the player side. And like, you know, I did like, that's where I started out after grad school. But um, the pivot that I made early on back to the business side, wouldn't have necessarily been possible had I not had the education that I had and the exposure to the areas in which existed to where uh, I then pointed myself at least in the right direction to, to get going back in a different um, realm on, on the business side. So, you know, the, the first master's I did was focused on the, the sports science and the coaching and, and all that, right. which, which was relevant. And it still is, right? There's a lot of things that you can take from whatever education you get. But I, I think it's so interesting, right, where, you know, you, you you want to make sure that you are getting the most well-rounded education and well-rounded experience because you don't know where your path is going to take you. Yeah. And while this is a podcast, I'm over here nodding my head <laughs> at all those statements. Um, and the reality is we find a lot of students will come in to your point and your experiences, they're dead set on this is what they want to do. And that's great. Um, but I would say out of those people that are dead set, 50% change their mind. Um, because they get exposed to other opportunities um, that they just may not might not know about. If you go to a university that, you know, is focused on just collegiate athletics or doesn't have a lot of opportunities, um, you know, like for example, Tampa, not a lot of agencies. Um, and so we actually travel to North Carolina so that students who have or want the opportunity to delve into the agency life can get that experience and exposure. So agreed. Yeah, when you think about, you know, obviously kind of that's the, that's the purpose piece, but, um, you know, passion is, is a very overused term. It is, you know, constantly um, thrown out there in terms of follow your passions, right? Find your passions, which 
look, I agree. I, I had to find past, I had to find new passions outside of baseball once I was done playing and you, you have that identity crisis and yeah. um, you know, to your, to your probably experience in swimming, right? Like oh, going, from, going from swimming to coaching it, I mean, you don't know anything else. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Because in the sports industry, a lot of people grow up with sports, right? It touches mm-hmm. a lot of different lives. And then when you go through your education, you're like, well, what would I want to do? Well, why not work in sports? Cause that's what I enjoy the most, right? Yeah. Or this is, you know, I've played or, or whatever the case is. So when you think about the passion piece, ultimately, once you get into your career, what are the passion pieces that you see from your alumni that, that you then have further conversations with as opposed to when they first come to the program? Because it's probably a lot different, right? And, and you know, the, the common response early on is, well, I want to work in, I just want to work in sports, right? Yeah, well, two things. Um, we intentionally select students who are not only passionate about sports, but also passionate about the business aspect, right? I think, I think you can be a sports fan, but I think you better love the backside of it. You better love um, making fans happy. You better enjoy um, the aspects of renewals and sales and marketing and financial analysis and you better understand the business aspect and you better enjoy that part because regardless of your passions if you don't um, get the business aspect of it you're not going to be successful so I do see a little bit of a pivot um, with our alumni but not a lot I mean I think after two years of of really kind of figuring it out they get a sense of where they want to go I think what um, to your point, they struggle with, a few of them will start off and they'll think, hey, you know, I want to be a GM, I want to be an AD. And I'm like, do you even know what they do? Like they're not, their lives are not exciting. Like it's a really difficult job. And the reality is if that's not your personality or your superpowers, probably not the best fit for you. Um, Which brings me back to instead of passion, I really like the word purpose um, as well. You know, so you can be passionate about something, but if it doesn't fit with your own purpose, um, and what you are good at. Um, so we, we do this um, initiative with superpowers, right? What is your superpower? What are you really good at? Um, for me, it's problem solving, adaptability, empathy. Um, so works really right now in the current environment we're in. Um, but I think it's important for students and anyone who's trying to figure out what their passions are, that they figure out their purpose as well. Yeah, the purpose is so key because, you know, when you think about, you know, ultimately what you're going to do over a long period of time from a career standpoint, you know, the the career is is not just full of fun and games, right? To some extent it is, but there's got to be a larger purpose. And to your point, being an AD or being a GM or being a team president, um, it's interesting. You have a lot of conversations with people and they might get to that VP or SVP level or assistant GM. And you ask, you know, Hey, what's the next step for you? And they're like, I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't want, they're like, I don't want to be the AD or I don't want to be the GM. And it's interesting because when you're younger, you're in shock. You're like, what do you mean? You don't want to be the GM? Well, I don't want that pressure. I don't want to report to the owner. I'm, you know, I'm good being an assistant GM. Right. So, it's interesting once you get to that point, 
and perspectives that people have. And, and to your point that having that purpose ultimately to, you know, motivate you and push you every day with whatever it is you're doing, uh, I think is, is crucial. Yeah, I, I find it really interesting. Um, just want to add more, one more point there is a lot of students think that, you know, athletic directors really influence the students' lives. And I'm like, yes, they influence them, but they don't actually touch them as much, right? They're not, there's so many people between the student athlete and the athletic director that are trying to get things done, um, in, including professional, collegiates, um, even at the amateur level. Um, and that's where they're like, oh, and then they're like, well, I really want to touch people. And if that's what you want to do, and that's your passion, and you want to influence and assist and help people fulfill their dreams, you need to be closer to the actual people you want to influence. So. Yeah, I, I remember, we'll, we'll use a different GM term because the GM, you know, at a, like a property at, a, you know, with Learfield IMG College or, yep. or you know, name, name property X, right? The GM ultimately has a book of sales, but it's not really the majority part of their job. And, it, you know, ultimately their job is to manage the property, the finances, to make sure that they're, you know, on target to hit the right, you know, budget um, to manage the salespeople. And what's interesting is you'll see a lot of first time GMs mm -hmm. that come from the sales role. You'll ask them and you'll be like, you know, do you like it? Right. Or, or do you like the switch? And if you're a true cold, like, I mean, if you are a yeah. true cold hard seller, you don't necessarily like the management piece because what you truly enjoyed, right? Whether it's touching the student athletes every day or coaching mm -hmm. or teaching, that selling piece that kind of gave you that burning fuel isn't necessarily there. So you now have switched your purpose, even though you've gotten a promotion and you're making more money and, and yada, yada, right? So when you think about the purpose, it's really key to understand you know, what it is that you really, really enjoy, because you may not need to get quote unquote promoted, right, to get to where you want to be. If you've, if you're a coach, and that's what you enjoy doing, and, and you can, you know, there are some division one coaches that are so high up, that they don't really get to do a lot of the coaching that they love to do, right? I mean, yeah. talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, actually, when you were saying that, it was making me think about, um, the idea of passion and purpose, right? That is sometimes you are, you're trying to achieve this ultimate goal. Well, if that's not truly where your passions lie, I have seen many, and we're not going to name names, many head coaches of all different types of sports that once they got to the head coaching position, they were miserable because they actually couldn't be coaches. They had to be the administrators. They had to work on revenue. They had to deal with donors. They had to deal with fundraising. Um, and so they lost that sense of purpose and passion. And I think that's probably one of the most important pieces is to figure out what that is for you. And it's a self-reflection. You need to personally figure out what you enjoy, what you're passionate about, what gets you excited about. Now, it's a fine line, right? You know, I think it's a, it's a fine line because sometimes people are like, well, you need to get a job and you can't just do everything you want to do. That said, um, you, you are going to be happier if you find what you're passionate about and work in that area. Yeah, I got, I got advice when I was leaving grad school from our director at the time, um, Bob Boland, who is fantastic. And, and he goes, you know, you, you do have to realize that your first job's not going to be your best and your favorite job. Like right. 
you're not going to love everything about it. And it's going to continue to be the same way for the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and, and the list goes on. Right. And so um, to understand that right early on from a perspective, you know, I think it's when, when you say self-reflection, right. I, again, it's a term that if you just say it, how do you do it? Right. It's like networking. When you say, Oh, go network yeah. with someone like, well, how do you network? So how, so when you think about self-reflection, how do you self-reflect? I know it sounds silly, but I mean, there's, there's a, there's an art to it, right? There is. And I think, you know, and I, I we're using the term self-reflection, but I think depending on your personality type, so it's like for me, I'm an extrovert and I would reflect and then I'd have a conversation with others. Mm-hmm. And it's that conversation and the back and forth to figure out you know, what would work for me. Whereas I have colleagues who are introverts and they could, their self-reflection would be sitting down, writing down on a piece of paper, um, you know, what they're passionate about, what they enjoy doing. Um, I also think it's really important that once you kind of figure out like that area or space, the things that you enjoy doing for me, like, for example, I know for a fact that if I see somebody on the side of the street and they have a map, I am drawn to them to help them. Like I enjoy it. Like to know that I help that person do whatever they want to do makes me happy. And I think if, once you figure out what makes you happy, whether you need to write it down, whether you need to have a conversation with someone to figure that out, um, it's going to be different for each person how they figure it out. Um, but making it concrete in some way in their lives. And sometimes what makes you um, once you figure out what your passion is through that self-reflection, either writing it down, having the conversation, it's working with people who also make you happy. And it's that connection with people. Um, It's the people. I, you know, we stress that over and over to our students to your point, like you may not enjoy your first job. Um, You better enjoy the people you work with. So. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, the people are, are so crucial in all aspects of your life. I mean, whether it's, you know, your family, your friends, your relationships, your, your work, um, you know, in the sports industry, you're working more with the people or you're seeing the people more at work than you are your family, right? So you, you better like them. And, you know, it, it's an interesting perspective, but when you, when you think about, um, you know, you said, what makes you happy, right? That's going to change. That's going to change. Oh from 22 to 23 to 25 to 27 to 30 to 35 i mean that's constantly changing and your passion and purpose is constantly changing so mm-hmm. you know, what advice do you have for those who get stuck on a passion and purpose and can't get off of it versus being adaptable and flexible to what your passions are and being open minded to exploring and understanding that there are so many things out there that you just don't even know about Yeah. Um, I think so, you know, we talk a lot about getting out of your comfort zone, experiencing things that you may not even be aware of. And I think it's the opportunities being aware, open, coachable, um, and recognizing that it's okay if they change as well. I think one of the problems we face from a society is that kids, students are put into school, they have to decide majors very early in their lives. And to your point about we change, look, I've, I've had three different careers um, in a very short lifespan. Um, and so understanding that it's okay to switch, it's okay to not know, 
it's okay to try something out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's okay too. Um, that life is a journey, right? It's, it's a part of that process and being uncomfortable with being uncomfortable is really difficult, but something I think everyone should work on. Yeah. I think back to a lot of conversations you have with people that are, you know, early, early in undergrad or, or just getting uh, out of grad school. And, you know, the, the question becomes, well, what if I don't like this or how do, how do I know what the right fit is? And it's like, there is no right fit, whatever fit it is, you make it the right fit. And ultimately, you know, the, the decisions you make, like no one's holding a gun to your head saying that you have to do this, right? Um, you can do something for a year and just say, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm going to figure out something else, right? And you may have to, you know, based on how the industry works, you may have to go out of the industry for a year to do something different and then get yourself back in. Um, and that's okay too, right? Yeah, I think too, it also depends on where you are in your life, right? And who you're accountable to and who, what kind of responsibilities you have. If you're young and when you're young, I really encourage, and you know, this is across almost all societies and in particular our culture, is to explore, try new things um, because you have less responsibilities, you know? You, you may not have a partner, you may not have children, you may not have a mortgage, you may not have the things that require responsibilities that you're accountable to others. Um, so I think the more that you can try opportunities um, and find people in your life that support you, that's super important. People that will help develop you is just the key. Yeah. When you think about the people, the, the, the people topic, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because it is so important. Mm -hmm. and I actually was having a conversation um, with someone the other day about, you know, how do you, how do you find, like, if you don't have advocates, how do you find advocates, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's an interesting one because, you know, you're going to have advocates along the way for you wherever you might work, but like coming out of grad school, right? How do you find advocates? And I think that's a crucial uh, thing that you have to have with you along the way in order to be able to be nimble and, and agile and find your passion and purpose and and through different experiences yeah agreed so one of the one of the really nice things is if, if you're a student you play that student card there's a big fat card that's a student card and you get to play that and i think as a student people enjoy helping students they really do um and so for the most part i've almost i have never heard of anyone that said hey, they went to talk to someone and said, hey, I'm a student, I'm trying to get some advice, can you help me out? No one's ever said no, right? Um, and once you find someone to connect with, you ask for their advice, so that's step one. Connect with someone, ask for advice, get to know them, tell them a little bit about yourself, build that relationship. And then once you've built a relationship um, that's mutual in that as a young professional, you are providing value right? So Jake, I know you work at, you know, the PGA, I would send you content about what the PGA is doing or different interesting things and partnerships um, as a way to provide value to you as you're providing advice to me. Um, and I think that is a great way to start those relationships um, and to maintain them. And then, you know, later on, I reckon you recognize I've worked with you, we've done projects, and then I'd say, okay, Jake, can you help me out here? And I think it is as simple as that, but you have to ask. 
And I think that's where being uncomfortable is really hard for people and asking, well, what if, what if they say no, or, well, that's a part of it. Yeah. If you don't ask, you shall not receive. And, Correct. Uh, I, I know that uh, I did not come up with that term but, uh, <laughs> uh, or phrase, but um, you know, when you, you know, I, I think those who, and look, I was the kid in class who always raised their hand for like every answer. And it's apparent even in the workplace, you're like, you know, you gotta, um, I, I had one, I had one boss at one point go, were you that kid who raised their hand for, for every, you know, answer in class? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So uh, us extroverts, you know, we, we like to uh, be, you know, be out there and be vocal versus the, the introverts sitting at the back of the class ne that never raised their hand. Right. But you have to, you have to understand how to ask. Right. And I, I will appreciate um, if you are an introvert or you don't like that process, you need to find someone who will help you through that. Meaning that um, I have um, both introverts and extroverts that work with me. And I recognize as someone who directs and supervises that, okay, that individual may not speak up, but they have, a, they have a thought and they have an opinion. I need to ask for it. And I think that's important too in that process um, yeah. is finding people who understand um, how to communicate and how to get the best out of you. But it's also asking at the right time, right? So that's when, oh, you, really, that's when you that's when you really learn that in the workplace is uh, that you don't learn when you're in class because in mm -hmm. class, like there's no consequence. Do you just raise your hand anytime mm -hmm. you want? And the teachers probably got a call on you to some extent until they get sick of you, right? But in the mm -hmm. workplace, like there's such a right time to ask the right time, timing, 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 um, and figuring out what that is, um, and how. So it's it's I want to add actually it's timing and the method, how do you communicate, right? Yeah. So I learned um, previous boss, Dr. Bill Sutton, loved and adore him. He was my mentor, a wonderful advocate for me, a sponsor for me. He was amazing, but I knew if I need needed something, I better ask him in person, not via email, right? If I sent a communication via email, his first response was no. But if I sat down, had a conversation, um, knew that it was a good time, whether, you know, he wasn't stressed, he, he was open to ideas. Um, so timing is so important and the method. I mean, I think for the younger generation or any generation that is very prone to email text, um, and not having that interaction one-to-one face-to-face, -face, whether it's via video, in-person telephone, um, you need to work on it, work on that skill because, it's really easy for people to say no to you or ignore you completely in email. Face-to-face um, -face is really where those reactions and that timing comes into play. Yeah, the timing is so crucial, but I'll, I'll add one more piece on there before yeah. we wrap up the episode and, and creativity is so key as well, right? How you, how you ask. I had, um, I had a, a colleague, uh, shout out to Robert if he's listening, but he had sent me a, a text message the other day that was a picture, but the picture was of a handwritten note, like on a chalkboard, but he did it via his iPad. And I thought it was just the coolest thing to, to get a handwritten note, you know, asking to connect and, and right. you know, catch up and whatnot. And I was, and I responded within like five minutes. I was like, this is awesome. You know, and 
Um, now I got to figure out how I do that on my iPad or, or, or iPhone, whatever. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the way in which you ask too, and that you stand out because look, everyone's going to ask for your time and, and um, you know, people yeah. are, are constantly like time, time is, there is a limit on it, right? We have 24 hours in a day and we got to sleep. So, um, you, you know, you have to be cautious of that as well. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Jake, I would like to add one more thing we were talking. So it's another P word perspective. Um, when you are trying to figure out what your passion is, what your purpose is, you better understand and recognize not only your perspective, but others. And I find, um, individuals who are the best to work with are those that appreciate the other person's perspective. hundred percent. I couldn't yeah. agree anymore. Couldn't yeah. agree anymore. And, um, you know, as, as we, as we wrap up the episode, you know, I, I would say, obviously it's been, been a pleasure talking to you and, and I, you know, some great insights and advice as you sit in your chair today and you think back to when you were a student <laughs> and I'm, and I'm pausing cause I'm getting, I'm, I'm buying you a little bit of time. You are. Cause first of all, I, I only have 11 years of higher education. So I'm like, which degree is he referring to? <laughs> <laughs> that's that. Hey, that's a fair point. Actually, when you were an undergrad, Oh goodness. I was clueless. Go ahead. It, um, you know, and you think, think to what you know today, what's, you know, as you were transitioning from undergrad to grad school, what's the one piece of advice that you would give yourself uh, if you could? Oh, um, so I, I will say that's, I thank you for clarifying which degree, um, but from undergrad to graduate, I think what I, I had great advice going in, meaning that you need, if whatever your goals are, whatever you want to do, whatever you're passionate about, figuring out what you need and recognizing. So in undergrad, I had, you know, undergraduate classes were, they are what they are, right? Um, at different institutions. Um, but I absolutely fell in love with my master's courses because they were back to the whole point of passion. They were about sports. They were about business. They were about things that I truly enjoyed and were passionate about. And I wish I had known sooner um, that that was an opportunity. Um, and I would have, I would have definitely made sure that that was my path early on. So I just would wish I would have known more about the opportunities out there. Well, there's certainly a lot of lot more of them out there now. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, far and few between. But you know, when you when uh, when you think about you know just the flexibility that people have today to just say, you know what, I'm going to go do this, right? Um, there, there are a lot more options out there that exist in terms of programs and graduate programs and obviously such as yours. So I do want to, you know, thank you for the, for your time, advice, insights, perspectives, your passion and your purpose. Um, this was the, uh, USF, uh, partnership with the life in the front office podcast, uh, with the Vinix sport and entertainment management program, presenting the sports biz building the next gen series, Michelle Harrell. Thank you. Thank you, sir. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. I was very passionate about it. <laughs> of course, as always. <laughs> <laughs>